0: So what's been going on in Kansas City this week?
1: Worst call I've ever seen, man.
0: We'll leave the colorful language to others, but in the next half hour, we take you inside the latest Stadium Town Hall. It's kind of eye-opening that there is that potential that they could leave.
2: I think that's the biggest mystery. We don't know what's happening.
0: We track a new spat over housing. I think you should be just simply allowed,
2: if somebody has a history of eviction, to not rent to them. I want a fair chance. I wanted a fair chance to give my children the opportunity I didn't have. Plus, forget
0: about the border war in sports. Get ready for a new border showdown over hospitals. And did you vote this week? The snap election to decide a new Kansas license plate.
3: That's what they come up with? Wow. I really can't put uh, in the words uh, on here what I think of that. Week in Review is made possible through the generous support of
1: AARP Kansas City, RSM, Dave and Jamie Cummings, Bob and Marlies Gourley, the Courtney S. Turner Charitable Trust, John H. Mize and Bank of America N.A. co-trustees,
3: The Restaurant at 1900, and by viewers like
0: you. Thank you. Hello, I'm Nick Haynes. It is great to be back with you. And thanks for supporting us during our Winter Membership Drive. We've got so much to discuss this week. To make up for lost time, we're asking our panelists to be twice as insightful this week. Former star newsman Dave Helling has been rolling up his sleeves to offer pithy insights on our week's top local headlines. Also with us from KCUR News, Lisa Rodriguez, and Brian Ellison. And from the helm of our Metro's newest newspaper, Next Page KC, uh, Eric Wesson. It's been more than 10 months since the royals last hosted a town hall to discuss their new stadium plans this week the public got a chance to weigh in again but this time it was a prominent member of the jackson county legislator doing the convening amid reports of faltering negotiations mania barker claims jackson county could lose the royals and the chiefs if no long-term agreements can be reached soon with both teams It's kind of eye-opening that there is that potential that they could leave. I
4: think that's the biggest mystery. We don't know what's happening. And it's kind of frustrating to see the royals
1: put out these dates and then, you know, push them back and not really have any movement on them.
0: Eric Wesson, what did we learn this week that we didn't know before as a result of that town hall?
2: Well, there were several different scenarios that uh, Manny, the Jackson County legislator, uh, presented to people. There was a, a scenario in which the royal stayed. Uh, Or the chiefs stayed and the royals left, and then there were some other uh, scenarios with that as well. But what we didn't learn during all of this is what the royals are going to do. I think the biggest issue that people have with this is the royals haven't made a decision, so everybody's up in limbo. But before the election comes out, they need to come up with, we're going to be in Kansas City or we're not, because having everybody saying, well, we might be up north, we might be here, that's a bad sale. Well, it's true for the Chiefs, too. We're
3: a hundred and roughly 110 days away from an election if they go in April. Not the deadline to put something on the ballot, but the actual election, 100 days. Does anyone around this table know what the Chiefs want at all? I mean, we've heard... Uh, renovation at Arrowhead. We don't know what that means. We don't know the state participation. We don't know the length of time for construction, how the World Cup fits in. We don't know from the Royals, uh, uh, you know, what their stadium would look like, what they'll put in. Uh, So you know, there's a, there's a tendency to blame the county for this sort of stalemate, and there is plenty of blame to go around. But the teams, too, have to be a little bit more forthcoming uh, about what they want before I think voters in April will agree to any tax extension at all. Hold the presses, by the way. Could a deal, though, finally
0: be on the way as we're recording this program? Mayor Lucas tweeted a photo of himself this week eating ribs and smoked sausage with Jackson County executive Frank White's at Gates' barbecue, Lisa. Was a deal struck over burnt ends and a basket of French fries?
4: If, if it were that simple, would, wouldn't that be great? I doubt a deal was reached. Um, you know, we have seen complications here. And I think what we saw in the town hall is, is a, legisl- a Jackson County legislator who clearly wants the royals to stay in Jackson County. So those scenarios that we saw are all kind of designed to, to scare people into thinking they're going to leave and to try to kind of build a public campaign. But, but Manny Abarca, as good as his intentions are, as, as involved as he has been in some of these negotiations, doesn't ultimately have the power to make this deal happen or not. And yeah. and like Dave said, we didn't see the teams at this town hall. So
0: either. yeah. So was it odd that he was the one who was convening the public
1: on this issue, not one of the more major power brokers? Well it may be a little bit odd. I will say that it's a reflection of the the kind of the messaging uh car crash that has <laughs> seems to have uh, developed between what the royals are trying to have the public know about this, announcing one date for when their, when their decision would be announced, then another date, and now still no decision. The county has one line, there were leaked documents, then uh, reinterpretations of those documents and clarifications later. I think the fact that a, a Jackson County legislator, who alone, as Lisa said, cannot make this decision, is the one convening town halls, is only reflective of the, the broader uh, uh, catastrophe that is the Communication around this. And by the way, for full transparency, am I right in saying, Eric Wesson, when
0: we saw that photograph of <laughs> Frank White and uh, Mayor Quinton Lucas at Gates
2: Barbecue, you were the photographer? I was the photographer. <laughs> And I actually got them both together. We were talking about something different, but while I had them there, I was taking a picture for an editorial that I'm going to be writing. In You're Swiss bringing paper. more
0: people together than Dr. Phil,
2: Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things that, you know, Dave had talked about is what the Chiefs wrote, want. The Chiefs really don't want a lot. They want the lease for the 25 years. They want that ext- you know, extended or re-extended. But the Royals allegedly want a 40-year lease, which would mean that in 20 years we would be right back to renovating or building them another stadium. And I think that's where one of the disconnects is as well.
3: First of all, to say the Chiefs don't want a lot, three-eighths of a cent over 25 years is still a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And, 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 really when you talk about the county's decision-making process and the city, which I wanna talk about a little bit, you have to realize that the ultimate say is with voters and you have to get a package PASS THE LEGISLATURE THAT VOTERS WILL APPROVE. AND ALL OF THAT HAS TO TAKE PLACE BY THE THIRD WEEK OF JANUARY. NOW, THAT'S POLITICALLY TRUE, NICK, BUT NOT LEGALLY TRUE. YOU COULD PUT SOMETHING ON THE BALLOT AND CONTINUE CONTRACT NEGOTIATIONS, BUT YOU WOULD NEVER WANT TO GO TO VOTERS POLITICALLY AND SAY, HEY, EXTEND THIS TAX. WE STILL DON'T KNOW WHAT EITHER TEAM REALLY WANTS, BUT GO EXTEND THIS TAX BASED ON FAITH. THAT WILL NEVER HAPPEN. ONE QUICK THING, WHICH I'LL ALSO THROW IN. There is currently, uh, this dates back to 1990, the county contributes $3.5 million a year from its parks levy to maintenance at the stadiums and they want out uh, uh, from under that burden. I'm told that the city, Quentin Lucas has stepped forward and said, hey, we'll pay that $3.5 million to go with the $2 million that the city already contributes to the same fund. That kind of coordination, if you will, between the city and the county may become critical as we get closer to January 23rd.
0: I'm told that many of our viewers are having fatigue over the stadium issue, yes, just like they course. did over, remember, we did all the negotiations over KCI Airport. They're getting fed up of hearing about it because we actually have a lot of other topics for consideration this week. Alarm bells are ringing on both sides of state line about another big issue, housing. Uh, Increasing homelessness in the suburbs is prompting Johnson County leaders to act. This week, the Johnson County Commission debated buying the $6 million hotel to turn it into a homeless shelter.
2: There's no 24-7, 365 shelter. So we saw that as a Definite need within our community.
0: Meanwhile, in Kansas City, a new landlord tenant battle is underway, this time over a proposed ordinance that would fine landlords if they refuse to rent to people with poor credit history, prior evictions, criminal backgrounds, or who want to pay using government housing vouchers.
4: Many landlords believe awful stereotypes about people using vouchers. They say that we're lazy, that we're violent or destructive.
3: They say they were moochers. I think you should be just simply allowed, if somebody has a history of evictions, to not rent to them.
0: Alrighty, I am confident there are landlords who don't rent to people who have poor credit who have been evicted before because they didn't pay their rent. But is this an unprecedented move, uh, Brian, by City Hall to expect
1: private business to assume that financial risk? Well, certainly source of income uh, legislation like this is not unprecedented across America. Um, 17 states, 21 counties, more than 80 cities have adopted legislation, at least with regard to this source of income, that is, people who are using federal housing vouchers will have the, the right to, to be considered fully and cannot be systematically excluded on that basis. Um, having said that, there are some additional pieces of this proposed legislation that uh, that have given some folks pause. Those are the parts you mentioned about private. Uh, convictions or poor credit history that goes further than some of those laws across uh, the country do and that might be where there needs to be further negotiation before this comes to pass. And and it's more than just fines here they're looking at
0: having uh, audits that they will have inspectors going out four times a year to make sure that landlords they will be posing as tenants to see that they're following the rules.
4: I think I think the enforcement uh, mechanism here is is something that will continue to be debated uh, by the council certainly something that landlords are worried about. Um, But we have found that some enforcement, especially in other cities, St. Louis being a prime example, some enforcement measure needs to be in place. Otherwise, ordinances and measures like this are are meaningless because landlords can continue to, in practice, uh, deny anyone who comes in with a housing voucher. And so uh, whether or not having someone go in and pose as a tenant is the right way to do it, uh, there there does need to be some sort of enforcement built
0: Landlords though say, Eric, that they will just pull out. We, we, we won't be in the business. We're not actually going to be increasing the amount of housing available. There'll be less of it if this passes.
2: You're absolutely correct. And I talked to a landlord during that meeting. He was fuming. Uh, he said it's like an overreach for the city to, to tell them what to do with their property unless the city is going to subsidize them uh, for their money. Two of the landlords that I talked to said that the biggest problem that they have is that it takes a long time for those vouchers to be paid they say they might make wait three or four months sometime to get payment on the voucher another guy was saying okay well we can let child molesters come in and rent properties next door to people let's see how they feel about that so it's kind of it does. I understand the point where they're saying that it's an overreach, but I also understand the part where people say that they're being discriminated against. The application process, landlords collect $100, $150 per application and then deny the tenant. Uh, five or six of those a week or a month, that's pretty good uh, disposable income to pull up for that process. The
0: road to the White House would wound through Kansas City this week, sort of. Independent presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr. brought his campaign to town with a voter rally at the Uptown Theater.
4: Outside, people lined up from all over the metro. Kansas City, Overland Park, Lawrence, Warrensburg, ready to hear out Robert F. Kennedy. i do an experiment
0: in telling the truth to people, even when you're running for political office.
1: It's incredibly important to us that our kids understand the privilege it is to live in the United States of America and that this, though it is um, a disheartening place, we find ourselves in a two party system that
4: doesn't seem to be working. I feel like every day we're, we're slipping in, in different areas in
2: healthcare, in finance, and in the economy, and you know, everything just seems to be crumbling around us. And, and I see him as this brilliant man who can help our country. I need an army and you're
1: it
0: with political analysts saying the race for the presidency will be decided in no more than 10 states brian none of which are kansas or missouri why did
1: kennedy bring his campaign roadshow here That is a fair question, Nick, and a lot of people are asking it. I think part of it, though, is that if you don't really expect to win, which I I don't think Robert F. Kennedy in his heart of hearts probably does believe, you make an impact by having as wide a reach as you can. They have said they want to be on the ballot in all 50 states, uh, and that means getting in Missouri at least 10,000 signatures for the ballot. So uh, they they have to hold some rallies just to get on the ballot, much less to get anyone's vote. A big poll just recently puts Kennedy
0: with 7 percent of the vote if Biden and Trump are the nominees of their respective parties. In a very close election, that could be a deciding factor.
3: It could be. And of course, we'll all debate whether uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. takes more votes from Trump or Biden if those are the nominees. That's an interesting question, because uh, Kennedy's support comes in large part from the anti-vax community, which he's been a member of for many, many years. And uh, you know, sort of this libertarian, conspiratorial approach to politics, which may have some appeal for Trump voters um but, but he's a vocal advocate for climate change. Clim- he wants yes, a single-payer correct. health system, correct. wants to, to have loan
0: forgiveness for it's students. Very, so he doesn't fit into no, a neat he box. he does
3: not. He does not. And that's what makes it interesting and would make it interesting. I do think, as is often the case with independent candidates, Nick, or third-party candidates, they poll pretty well. And then as voters get closer to Election Day, they say to themselves, in essence, I've got one choice to make, this guy or that guy, and that may happen again.
0: Now, speaking of politics, after nearly two decades in Congress, as a man, Will Cleaver finally met his match? Jackson County legislator Sean Smith announces this week he is running against the longtime Kansas City Democrat. Should Cleaver be worried, Eric?
2: No, not really. Uh, the only thing that might be uh, you know he's got a great political team around him at all times that helps him navigate through uh, political races is if you have a large voter turnout for Trump if he is the Republican nominee and in that part of Eastern Jackson County uh, that uh, Smith is in is pretty Republican so if he got a large voter turnout Could Cleaver get his base out? Because I'm not sure if Biden being at the top of the ticket, if he's the nominee, will inspire people to come out and vote.
0: And that also decides whether even Emmanuel Cleaver will be on the ballot. He's going to turn 80 next year. We have more than 40 members of Congress in the House and Senate of already resigning, retiring from office.
4: We haven't, we haven't seen any indication yet from Cleaver that he plans to, to sit this one out. Now, people are, people are certainly watching. Certainly, uh, Democrats who would like to fill that seat in the future may be lining up. But I think at this point, if Cleaver weren't going to run, we'd have some indication of that, someone who was, who was rising to, to fill that seat.
1: Look, Nick, a Cleaver versus Smith matchup is likely to result in a Cleaver victory, but, but we should learn something from this. Uh, Sean Smith is, in fact, a, an elected office holder running for that seat, which is something the Republicans have not been able to, to bring over the last several elections with Emanuel Cleaver. That district is not as safely Democratic as it once was after the last redistricting. Democrats should not grow just too comfortable. They're probably safe with uh, Emanuel Cleaver this time, but they should pay attention.
2: You know, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, the minority Uh, Leader in the House was here. We were at Gates. That's where we took the picture at. And they were singing Cleaver's praises about some of the things that he's done that people don't know. The affordable housing bill that he's trying to push through with bipartisan. You know, Cleaver said, hey, when you get on a bus, you can thank me and Joe Biden for that because you got electric buses and free bus fares. And those are some of the things that he'll campaign on. I'm sure.
0: Speaking of the Biden administration, they were blasting Missouri. THIS WEEK AFTER TWO STATE LAWMAKERS PRE-FILED LEGISLATION ALLOWING MURDER CHARGES TO BE BROUGHT AGAINST WOMEN WHO CHOOSE TO HAVE AN ABORTION. ONE OF THOSE BILLS HAS NOW BEEN WITHDRAWN AFTER INTENSE PUBLIC OUTCRY, BUT A SENATE VERSION IS STILL slated TO BE CONSIDERED WHEN LAWMAKERS RETURN TO JEFFERSON CITY IN JANUARY. THE STORY HAS CERTAINLY INFLAMED LOTS OF PEOPLE, BRIAN, BUT DOES ANYONE REASONABLY BELIEVE THAT SUCH A MEASURE COULD PASS IN MISSOURI?
1: No, uh, even the Republican leadership has said this isn't where our party is. This isn't where our state is. Uh, Representative John Patterson of Lee Summit, who's this, the House Majority Leader, says it won't even it won't come to the floor. Having said that, though, uh, the, these kinds of bills get attention, they get publicity, and they set a tone that, as you, as you point out, is not helping m- Republicans in Missouri. Uh, and I, I think even though one of the bills apparently has been withdrawn in the House, the, the one offered by Senator Mike Moon in the Senate has not been. Uh, and so we'll be hearing about it, even if it doesn't come up for a so, vote. so what is the motivation for this then, Lisa, when we are hearing
0: from Republican strategists saying downplay the abortion issue, concentrate on areas where Republicans do better, immigration, inflation, the economy?
4: It, it certainly goes against what, what the Republican Party as a whole has, has informed its members in terms of what's going to win, especially when Democrats can really capitalize on something like this to really get people angry and to point at what the Republicans are doing now Senator Mike moon who who's the sponsor of this bill in the in the Senate has a history of of uh, proposing these wild bills that go far beyond what many in his party would would consider reasonable and and I will say you know for in a long-term game which which abortion historically has been a long kind of simmering issue that's always there you know you introduce it one year but If you introduce it six or seven sessions in a row, when does it start sounding less crazy?
3: The other thing to keep in mind is that abortion might be on the ballot in 2024, and these types of bill introductions will remind voters, particularly, uh, Nick, in the suburbs, which is where Republicans have struggled a little bit in recent elections, uh, are paying attention, and the turnout there might be up and would hurt the prospects, for example, in the Cleaver race. So it's all sort of uh, interwoven one to another, and abortion will be a huge but, thing on but, the table. But
0: several, w- when we were gone for several weeks, there was one story after the other, Brian, about how many problems there are with trying to get... A abortion amendment yes. on the ballot next year, and no agreement and infighting over what that should look, which could kill it before con- it ever got to voters.
1: You're absolutely right, Nick, and continued legal battles even, even now. I mean, I think the other possible consequence of, of what Lisa called a crazy bill is that the other bills, which may be very significant in restricting abortion access, um, seem less extreme when these kinds of bills are on the table. That's a real barrier for, for abortion rights advocates, that, to have those bills seem less extreme. There's always been a
0: big rivalry between Kansas and Missouri sports teams. Now that bi-state bad blood is spilling over into health care. Did you see this? A Missouri lawmaker is now trying to block the University of Kansas health system from a merger deal with Liberty Hospital. If you haven't noticed, KU has been gobbling up a lot of well-known medical facilities of late, including a recent deal to take over Olathe Medical Center. But Kansas City Democratic Senator Greg Razor says taking over a Missouri hospital is a step too far and Terribly wrong. He says, I can't imagine the outrage if we opened the University of Missouri Health in Olathe, Kansas. Is he right, Lisa? Would Kansas side folks be just as outraged?
4: I, I don't know that that the KU MU rivalry should fairly extend to healthcare <laughs> uh, to to care for people who need it. Now now some of Razor's arguments maybe have merit in terms of uh, taxpayer dollars you know benefiting a private you know a, a, an entity in Kansas on the Kansas side. But I think at the core of this. If, if, if the University of Kansas health system can provide more comprehensive health care to the citizens of, of Liberty, then that should be at the core of this argument.
0: He, he believes actually also, Senator Razor, that this is actually a recruitment tool by the University of Kansas. Liberty High School students will be passing a Jayhawk. Uh, next to Liberty Hospital, and that will encourage them to go to KU, and they're going to be losing students as a result of this.
2: Yeah, That could very easily happen, but I, I agree with uh, what Lisa said. But you know what I was thinking while you were talking about it, and I, we were looking at the notes on today's show, I remember when Menorah Medical Center was on truce when I was growing up. And now it's in Overland Park. So how was that transition when that happened? How was that accepted? I don't really remember what happened during that time period, but that's something that we think about as well but when we
0: think about the legislature we have efforts to block uh, chi- you know china from owning any agricultural land are, are we now in this in this next legislative session looking at uh, major bills to block anybody from kansas owning things in missouri as a
1: new part of this border war i think that would be quite an extreme response but i but i do think you're right nick that there is a a broad movement over time of the legislature wanting to control increasingly local decisions and and <laughs> and, and that's, uh, that's again, what might be at stake here. Uh, you know, no one has ever accused Senator Razor of not being loyal to the University of Missouri, uh, and uh, this may be an expression of that. DID YOU GO OUT AND VOTE THIS WEEK IN THE BIG KANSAS SNAP ELECTION AFTER PUBLIC DISGUST OVER A PROPOSED
0: NEW KANSAS LICENSE PLATE, GOVERNOR LAURA KELLY IS NOW LETTING KANSANS DECIDE WHAT RECTANGULAR PIECE OF METAL THEY WANT attached TO THE BACK OF THEIR VEHICLES. ALL WEEK LONG, KANSANS HAVE BEEN ABLE TO VOTE FOR THEIR FAVORITE LICENSE PLATE AMONG FIVE DESIGNS. THE WINNER WILL BE ANNOUNCED ON MONDAY. CAN YOU REMIND US, DAVE, WHY PEOPLE WERE SO outraged BY THE EARLIER DESIGN IN THE
3: FIRST PLACE? Uh, I THINK THEY THOUGHT IT WAS UGLY AND uh, <laughs> and NOT AS REPRESENTATIVE Representative, perhaps of the state of Kansas as they would like it to be. And it had as, Missouri colors, and,
1: right? more right. and, sunflower and you, colors. And sunfl-
3: <laughs> but, you know, our ability in this current age to spend hours uh, ruminating over <laughs> in, unimportant things is <laughs> legendary, and this maybe was one of them.
0: But is this a good example, uh, Lisa, <laughs> of turning lemons into lemonade As from the governor having got such a negative reaction, now giving the public a chance to, to I, decide? I think,
4: I think it was a smart pivot to, to respond very quickly to public outrage, say, OK, we're, we're backing off this. We're going to give you some agency. Now, the new proposals are still simple. Many of them have kind of the same uh, overall look, some different things, maybe uh, wheat uh, instead, of, instead of stars in some spots. But they're all they're similar and a very similar version of that original plate with a slightly lighter shade of blue so it doesn't look like Mizzou colors is still on the table.
1: Yeah, and I, I I, will say that I think politically the governor has done about as well as she could in responding to this. In fact, she even joked about how she's really brought the parties together because everyone hated the new license plate equally. So so perhaps she emerges from this without too much damage, uh, but uh, we'll have a new license plate one way or another. You, uh, you said, Dave,
0: about how people, you know, what people get fed up about and and what people get bent out of shape about. But would it be a surprise if more people ended up voting for this license plate than voted in the last elections in Kansas? We'll we'll
3: see. I mean, you know, and I don't want to denigrate people's interest in this issue because they do care about what they carry on their car. But Kansas needs to expand Medicaid. They've got a tax challenge in the new year. Uh, You know, the water is running out in western Kansas. It seems like those issues might draw a little more attention than what color the License plate. Is.
0: Now, since we have been gone for the past several weeks due to our winter membership drive, we're not going to do our usual big story miss segment because that might take an hour and a half this week. <laughs> but I wanted to end by at least mentioning that it's finally open. Forget about going to see the Nutcracker or a Christmas Carol in Kansas City. There's a new ritual you can add to your holiday calendar riding the KC wheel after lots of delays. It's now running. In fact, it's open till 10 p.m. tonight, so you can even go right after the show. Are you going to be putting on your your long johns to experience our newest
2: attraction, Eric? No, Uh, I will let them let work the bugs out on it first, because I think (laughs) they got that up kind of (laughs) fast. Seventeen
0: dollars, an opportunity for you to enjoy something this holiday
1: season Uh and overlooking the entire skyline of Kansas City, Brian. Sure, fun for the whole family. No, I'd like to be high-minded and say that I'll spend the six dollars to go to the top of the Liberty Memorial, which is taller than the wheel, but I'll probably do the wheel. Lisa,
0: are you going over there in the climate-controlled gondolas? Are going to be taking you around and around?
4: We'll, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm no fun hater, so so I may try it out, but I, I'm not going to be first in line. <laughs>
3: yeah, I may exceed the weight restrictions on the on the <laughs> okay, wheel, yeah. so I have to be a little careful about that, me and Eric. A little
2: miniature golf course. Right yeah, yeah, next that, to it, too. Now, that might just, be interesting.
3: It, that part of the city in downtown is sort of on the upswing, and it's nice to see. That's an important part of the community on the south side of downtown. We'll see how it works.
0: And on that, we will say our week has been reviewed. To see Eric Wesson from Next Page KC and former star newsman Dave Helling, and from KCUR News, Lisa Rodriguez and Brian Ellison. And I'm Nick Haynes from all of us here at Kansas City PBS. Be well, keep calm, and carry on.